Hello, April Rose speaking listeners. So today I will be speaking about part two of freedom from abuse. In the last few weeks, I actually revealed my journey from Indiana to New Orleans, Louisiana due to a domestic violence um, event situation, however you want to describe it in my marriage. Um, And I just wanted to speak today and talk about the second part of freedom from abuse. So like I said, the first one basically documented what I was going through in my abusive situation and my almost split second plan to get out of it, even though it was kind of planned in my head for months, maybe years to get out of this situation. So part two, I feel the listeners would like to hear about what happened after I got out of the abusive situation and when I hit New Orleans what happened because part one ends with me getting in my car and leaving so I'll talk about in this first part of the podcast of what happened to me after I got in the car and left up until today and what my situation is and the second part of this podcast will talk about red flags and also the relationship that I had with my abuser that may make it hard for someone in my situation to leave. So it's kind of two parts where I am today and then also red flags in my marriage um, that I ignored and the relationship I had with my abuser that essentially I think makes it hard for women or men in the situation to get out of the abusive situation. So in part one, I end the podcast with me leaving my children up north with their father in order for me to get away from the situation because I packed my car up with all of the important documents, clothes. Um, I have very little money, probably less than $300 in my pocket. And I left and I drove from six at night till probably about two o'clock the next afternoon straight through um, to New Orleans and my first stop was actually a hotel room in Slidell Louisiana because you have to hit Slidell before you go across this big lake called Lake Pontchartrain to get into New Orleans and I stayed at a hotel in Slidell for two days I got there on a Saturday And I had to decompress. So I basically slept, woke up, showered. Um, They had a pool. I went and got into the pool. And I just thought about where I was in that moment. And as I was in the pool, I knew what my next steps were. And I'm in human resources. I knew I immediately needed to start searching for a job. And also what was I had to prioritize, I needed somewhere to stay fast. And because of my situation and getting out of an abusive situation, I needed a shelter and I did not have very much money in my pocket due to me being financially abused essentially in my marriage and raising children and having a husband who's the breadwinner. I mean, as a woman and in society, you sometimes you have to make a decision of taking a lesser pay or or staying home with kids. So 
you know, I'll talk about that later, but I had only $300 in my pocket. So here I am at a hotel and, um, you know, Sunday I went to the kingdom hall because I'm a Jehovah's witness. I, you know, I needed that spiritual uplift. So, um, I went to the hall and, um, yeah, Monday I got on it. I brought my laptop cause I did have a laptop. I packed that. I pulled it out. I used the Wi-Fi at the hotel. And the first thing I did, I started looking for work and I went to staffing agencies because I know I'm overqualified. I have a bachelor's degree and I found a job literally the next day. Um, I went in for an interview Um, A staffing agency called and said, well, you're overqualified, but if you want this position, I'm like, I absolutely need it. And I took the very first position that was offered to just start bringing some kind of money in. Um, The second thing I did as I was making these phone calls in between, I actually was calling shelters. And, you know, a lot of people are privy, like they they probably don't feel comfortable you know people have different routes but with me being so far away from family there was barely any family that knew what I was doing because I was getting out of the situation so I called around and there were different shelters um, for women and children and then there was a specific shelter um, in 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 a different location in in the New Orleans area that specifically was for domestic violence and when I told them my story the first thing out of the woman's mouth after I told her every single thing that happened she said you are one brave girl and that will forever stick with me like I literally go buy bracelets and, and necklaces sometime to hold close to my heart because it was something that was very brave of me to do and and I didn't think about I was being brave in the moment, but she brought that out. So I will forever remember that. And she said, grab your things. You know, if you have days in a hotel, get your money back and come stay with us. You're welcome to stay with us. So I went to the shelter and actually the shelter, it was pretty nice. It was almost like an apartment. Um, I've never, you know, I've come from a middle working class background and I have my own room and things like that. So I was skeptical, but I knew I needed somewhere to stay for my planning mode of how to, you know, bring my life down to New Orleans. So um, I stayed actually in a shelter um, and I wasn't there a lot. I was exploring the city. Um, I, You know, I had a really nice car. I, my clothes were from, you know, a middle class family. I had nice clothes. So it was kind of weird, the dynamics, you know, I have these nice things, but I'm in a shelter. I have no money. So anyways, I'm putting one foot in front of the other. And one of the directors from the shelter pulled me in as I was coming in from work one day in that week or two. And she's like, April, you know, um, you're doing really well. Like the way that we see you moving and getting work and like people sitting here for months and we see you being so proactive, but that's actually how I think. And, you know, I'm a planner and I strategize. So um, they said, you know, we can, we have this money that we're trying to give to people. And we see that you're moving so fast. We actually have a grant where we can help you pay for an apartment um, for like six months. And I was like floored, like in that moment, they said, however, we know you have children and you're going to have to bring your children down. And that was something I was very skeptical about because I did not want my children to be in that situation or remember that. So long story short, I had to bring my children down and they actually enjoyed it because there were other children in there and they had this play area and they just, 
Like even now, they sometimes say, can we go back? They had like nice toys and they would give us gifts. And I'm like, no, you know, as a parent. So anyways, they actually paid for my rent, you know, for a few months. I got a better job and because my income increased, I, I couldn't continue for a full six months. But I just wanted to let individuals know that there is opportunity out there for you if you feel that there's nowhere for you to go and you have children, that there are shelters out there that get money, um, grants from the state, you know, uh, to help people get out of domestic violence situations. Um, And so now I have a job. I'm back in human resources. My children are thriving in school, Um, you know. It, it, it's it's just a miracle almost the way that things fell in line for me that nothing happened to me on this journey down here through the night. Anything could have happened. My tire blew or wreck or just anything. And I just feel very blessed that I was able to put one foot in front of the other and to rebuild my life in a way that I always felt that I can do in my mind. I'm not exactly where I want to be because it feels like I'm taking steps back to rebuild myself. You know, I had the the huge house, like I had a 2200 square foot house. I had this huge house with four bedrooms and three bathrooms. And, you know, my husband had trucks and I had cars. So the apartment that I have is so humble, but it's so much more of a home than what I had when I was in Indiana. Absolutely. Absolutely more love, calmness, security, anything that I have, way more than what I had when I lived in that 2200 square foot home. So on the second part of this podcast, like I said, I wanted to talk about um, the interaction with the abuser and how I feel, you know, There's things that I ignored, but at the same time, I want to say at this point, it doesn't matter if there's arguing in a relationship, it doesn't matter if a man feels his wife is being mouthy or however a relationship is set up behind closed doors in front of the world. In a relationship, absolutely not one hair of a woman's head should be touched and in the moment of arguments there's absolutely no way at a point in an argument where a man or a woman should feel that they fear for their life if you're in a relationship and you're not able to explain yourself or you feel like you're being gaslighted or all of these signs that you would pick up if you can find that book by um um why does he do that and thought inside the thoughts of angry and controlling men if you pick that book and it talks about if you pick it up there are these signs that are absolutely you will find in aggressive men and it could be men that that don't pick up one finger up against their wife but it's still a very violent relationship on an emotional basis so in my mind as a woman and I'm in this relationship with my husband and I'm and I'm raising children in this relationship as a woman we are naturally builders of life you know we we try to build 
comfort for our children and for our spouse and you know make sure our house is organized and of course there are males out there that can contribute to this as well but in the roles of a woman and a man and in a marriage you know those gender roles it tends to be more of the woman who are the the family um the family builder and putting these pieces together is that what's called life so in that relationship we tend to be givers and we tend to be people who want to make our spouses happy and at the same time this is something that can end up being um an uneven power struggle or or power for men because in reality if women are cooking cleaning dishes children um doctor's appointments that load is draining in itself for everyday life even in a good relationship so if you want to um to surmount the load with abuse emotional abuse gaslighting financial abuse sexual abuse it's very very draining on top of women giving birth to children let's not add that as well giving birth to children your body goes through all type of hormonal changes to where you don't even recognize yourself as you're trying to heal in that process so i was under an extreme amount of stress so here i am having children and trying to keep a household together and work full time and then have an abusive spouse and he wasn't abusive every day that's the hard part this is the hard part the number one hard reason that women do not get out of abusive relationships is because we get back into the bed with our husbands this is our partner this is the one that knows what's inside of our heart so we don't want to pay a picture to the outside world that what we're really going through with our spouse you know there's times that they can be loving there's times that they can be understanding but it is the aspect of if you cannot get your point across and be respected in a relationship or you feel that if you're trying to make a point in the relationship and they overlook you or they're trying to make this final decision with force now, I understand sometimes a person do in a, in a marriage need to make the final decision. And a lot of times that could go to the man or it could be mutual. But if you feel as a woman that you're being silenced, your voice is being taken away. That's abuse. That happened to me. You know, if I would try to put my foot down on certain things, it felt like he would come back harder at me. Um. So the next time I would, I won't be so strong in my stance. You know, I would always feel like that interacting in my relationship with him um, on top of the verbal abuse and on top of the financial abuse, because I'm trying to take care of my children. You know, they're very young. All my money is going to daycare. And so if I go to my husband for financial small things, even large things or a bill that I'm supposed to take care of, and he tells me, no, it's just so intertwining and you're trying to keep your family together. So I highly recommend anyone that's going through an abusive situation to pick the book up, take some time and read it because it really was eye opening to my situation. I feel in my heart that I'm healing. But as I was going through the process, I felt, you know, it's so final. You know, you envision you yourself being with this person for the rest of your life and you try so many things counseling and everything else and it's just not working there's a sadness in my heart 
you know, because there's pieces of him that I feel he's truly, if you move those things away at the core, he might be a good person, but there's so many other things. And the number one thing is that my children, they're learning this, they're seeing this, they're internalizing this. My daughter is seeing a man abuse her mother. My sons are seeing their father not respecting their mother. And at the end of the day, I can talk about red flags and signs and interactions and financial and sexual and all these convoluted pieces that come into a relationship. But the thing that really burst my bubble was my children are at a very critical age and I need to make the decision to say, I remember at this young age, an event that happened that significantly changed my life. My mother picked herself up and took herself out of a bad situation and, and we moved to another part of the country and created a totally different life than what we had when we were with our father. So that sends a very big signal to my children that I will absolutely not stand for them ever being in an abusive relationship, however abusive, emotionally, verbally, physically, sexually, financially. I will absolutely not support a relationship that they will have that signifies or shows that they're going through that. I don't want my daughter to be in a situation ever like that. Why would I sit in a situation that I don't want my daughter to be in? Why would I sit in a situation that I don't want my sons to be? And that was my reason of leaving and creating my life all over again. And I'm going to end the podcast because at this moment, I'm actually back in Indiana going to a 20th high school reunion. And, you know, I'm just kind of rediscovering myself. And it's so great to see a lot of my um, classmates that, you know, have grown, become married, had children of their own. You know, we're all living this thing called life. And here I am at my 20th reunion and I'm going through this divorce with my husband. So I feel like I'm like in this in-between of I'm single, but I'm still married but I still feel so good seeing all of my classmates that are thriving in their marriage. And then I see classmates who are single and you just never really know what that true story is that's going on behind closed doors. But to finish up the podcast, I just want everyone to recognize in their own relationship, if they're not being true to who they are and being authentic and their spouse is not giving them that space to do that find some counseling hopefully it's not to the point where it's abusive and it's something that can be fixed I absolutely pray that for you but I absolutely also pray that you are able to have a voice in your own life the way I did I actually took the power back and I of course I like those small sayings that a lot of times power is not given, it's taken. 
So I'm going to leave on that note. I want to thank my listeners for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of April World Speaking. This was part two of Freedom From Abuse. And if you like what you heard, make sure that you download the Anchor app so that you're able to leave comments after each podcast. And also, if you want to leave me comments, you can go to Facebook and Instagram under April World Speaking um, and you will find me there and you're able to leave comments. Um, Thanks again. And just make sure that if you know of anyone or you are someone who's going through an abusive situation that you um, call the Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, That's a national hotline. And also um, you can find shelters and professionals in your area to help you um, get out of this serious situation. Thanks again for listening. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye.